0: Why not? Ah, <laughs> you Hello, stranger. Good evening. How are you? I'm all right. I'm okay. Yeah. yeah. Have you missed me? Uh, no, because I've been talking to you in reality. Oh, yeah. Anything. Uh, yes. You're persistent, aren't you? No, um, we have missed you. Um, we've been doing the show without you. Um, we're on episode...
1: 86. That'd be awful. (laughs) (laughs) I got back from my holiday and found show notes for episodes when I wasn't around. You've got glamorous and better looking um, uh, cohorts in. That wouldn't be difficult, would it? Thank you. Um, I I haven't missed you either. uh, Nice holidays? Mm. Yeah, lovely. I won't bore everyone with them, but it was delightful. There is uh, there are very few things that are more relaxing than sitting on a tropical island at sunset drinking an old fashioned.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever.
1: I'll say no more about it. I'm opening a beer. Good. What you got?
0: I've got an interesting one. Have you? Well, I've never had it before. It's called it's it's uh, a Lost Pier Brewing West Side IPA. Mm-hmm. With some rather fabulous artwork by someone called Mister Phil. .co.uk. Uh, so so beer cans are so trendy now that, are, uh, that the artists have started putting their their names on them. Yeah, so new art Which is form. quite cool, isn't it? It is. Um, they seem to be sort of printed with some kind of really rough texture. Oh, is that one of those? Yeah, yeah. But it's very bright, yeah, it, green it and nice, and, don't they? This is very citrusy. Is it? It's very I've got, IPA.
1: I've got an old speckled hen. That's not a euphemism before you start.
0: <laughs> that's a nice beer.
1: Hmm. It is.
0: Oh dear, that's bitter. Um, Yeah. So, uh, welcome back. Uh, has anything changed, Rob? Uh,
1: uh, not really. Do you want to introduce the show? Go on then. Uh, welcome to North v South, the podcast about but not about design with Rob Turpin and John Ellerman. And this is episode 76. And it's the first episode
0: of series three. Yeah, we're going for series. See, see what does
1: season mean anyway, oh, apart from putting salt and pepper on something? I don't know. It just means you get a mid, mid-season mid break. Right. We'll, we'll have to leave it on a cliffhanger after eight episodes. If there's anyone there still. Yeah.
0: So the question on everybody's lips um, is, are we going to become more professional? <laughs>
1: Is that what the masses are talking about?
0: No, they're not. I don't know.
1: <laughs> what
0: what does more professional mean, John? <clears throat> I think maybe speaking to an 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 imaginary audience directly. Right. Uh, having um, interviews with people. Definitely. Um, having a website. <gasps> You're going to mention show notes next, aren't you? <laughs> uh, things like that, really. Um, or are people, or do you think we're just happy with what we're doing week in, week out? I don't think there's
1: any harm in in uh, getting a little more professional and organised about what we do. Could that involve getting an intern to write up the show notes? Yep. Okay, that's good. Uh, if that answer's on the postcard with your CV, please.
0: Hmm. So I've just been up the pub with my with my daughter. Lovely. Did she get around it? She did. She tried to. She had a purse with her uh, That's a- and a brand new digger and uh, Rubble who lives in it. And Rubble is a bulldog from Paw Patrol. Of course. If you haven't got children, you won't know what I'm talking about. If you have got children, you'll know the weekly tax bill. When you go to a supermarket, you have to buy some kind of plastic rubbish. <clears throat>
1: And, so. uh, and how was the pub?
0: Oh, it was good. Thank you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I went with Ralphie, had a quick beer, uh, a Brick Lane lager all the Imagine. way down here. Imagine. I know. Craft beers making it to the Shire. <laughs> it's very crafty in that bar. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, now I'll come back. A quick game of Double, And here I am podcasting. What's, what's double? It's a card game. A bit like Snap more complex. Okay.
1: I take it you're playing with Kitty, not Ralph.
0: Yeah. But adults can play it. It's quite fun. Yeah. Okay. Yep. I recommend it. It's all no major supermarkets these days. Is it? Yeah. It's oh, like wow. it's like an Uno kind of okay thing. Uh what, yeah, so what <clears throat> is on your weapons of mass destruction? Sorry,
1: your <laughs> what is on my desk? What is on my desk? Uh, well, I've been on hold, so not masses of stuff. Uh, I've got a couple of commissions that I'm working on or about to start. Um, one is almost finished, I just need to colour it and then another one to start. So that's a big tentacly thing. Uh, I am starting to put together ideas and content for a little art book <clears throat> that I'm going to produce and sell. So I did a little running a little Twitter poll at the moment to see how many people might be interested in that. Twitter polls are always quite interesting, I think, Uh, if only for the the paucity of replies to them. Um, I think I've got about 150 votes. That's a lot, isn't it? It's it's all right, isn't it, for a few hours? whenever I've done, when I get about three. Yeah, 168 votes. So 81% of people saying they would buy uh, a book of my sketches, which is good. So then I can start thinking about uh, who I'm going to get to uh, print it and how many pages it's going to be and size and how many copies I'm going to get and pricing and all that kind of stuff, which is quite exciting. Um, And then just kind of collect the content and start designing the thing. So that's quite a nice little project to have bubbling away. I've been in Shoreditch uh, this week freelancing, so every spare few moments I've been doodling ideas or typing up ideas for that. Uh, I'm currently reading John Scalzi, who wrote uh, Collapsing Empire that we both liked. I'm going back to his, I think it might even be his first novel, Old Man's War, uh, which I've just read, uh, which was brilliant, and I'm on the second of that series now very reminiscent of uh ender's game and starship troopers um, have you read john joe haldeman's forever war yeah i love That's that good bit of classic sci-fi it's very similar to those, and actually it even references all three of those uh books in in the book it's basically about uh the future of humanity and in order to defend earth's colonies from alien invaders, of which there are quite a lot. Um, they enlist 75-year-olds. So people are getting towards the end of their days and they can enlist in the army and the army rejuvenates them, but they have to serve a 10-year uh, service in the army. So it's, it's good. Oh, that sounds cracking. Really, really, really I was enjoyable.
0: super impressed by his writing mm. when, I, when I read that. Um, what was the one I read?
1: The uh, Collapsing Empire. Yes,
0: really good. Yeah. really. Which really was nominated
1: good. for uh,
0: Hugo. Well, congratulations
1: to Mr. Scalzi. Yeah. So this is, it's, it, it's very, it's really nicely written, but it feels a little um, old-fashioned. But I think it's meant to. It feels a little bit like Joe Haldeman's The Forever War or yeah. Ender's Game. It's, you know, it's kind of, Yeah. anyway, it's great. Uh, and what else have I been doing? I've been watching The Santa Clarita Diet have you watched any of that? No. What's that? So it's a Netflix series with Drew Barrymore and uh, Timothy Oliphant, I think. Right. Uh, and they're a suburban couple in America and California. They are realtors, and uh, inexplicably, Drew Barrymore becomes a, a flesh eating zombie. She looks. <laughs> she looks perfectly fine. Yeah. But. Um, she has a, a thing for eating people. I was going to say, uh, was it
0: something she ate? <laughs> <I> E.T. <mean, laughs> <heaty. Yeah. laughs> <laughs> oh, very good. Oh, dear.
1: Um, I'm here all night. <laughs> But it's, it's good. It's very funny. It's very dark, incredibly gory. Really? Um, very, Sounds yeah. brilliant. What's that one? But very funny. The Santa Clarita diet. Ah. So that's well worth watching. Don't let Kitty see it. No. <laughs>
0: She she is into zombies now though. We were doing we were doing zombie dancing this morning, <laughs> right?
1: As in the I band, think, uh, the zombies. Or no, just, no,
0: you know, just the uh, the the undead creatures. Um, okay. Have
1: you shown her the thriller video?
0: I haven't shown her anything to do with zombies. She's kind of got an idea what they are, um, but yeah, she's um, she's into that. So I, I think I'm slowly d- psychologically damaging my daughter.
1: Not yet four. Oh, yeah. She's allowed to be into horror, yeah. I think. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Um, anyway, that's, that's, that's what's on my desk. What's on your desk? Uh,
0: just an absolute shit tip. I got tottering piles of paper, rolls of um, show plans, because I'm drawing some large show, show guide things. Okay. Uh, just, just crud everywhere, really. Um, I'm in a right old state. Um, yeah. I've got a new label printer on my desk. A uh, a Dymo thing that's like a thermo thermo printer. Okay. Never change your inks. That's nice. quite handy because I'm now using uh, Royal Mail's new, uh, so new that post offices don't know about it. <laughs> <laughs> I never, I didn't realise that the Royal Mail and post office offices are completely independent of each other, They're oh, separate they, businesses. Yeah, they got sold off, didn't they? Spun off. But they they it's don't consigna. talk to each other. Yeah. That's crazy, isn't it? It's
1: ridiculous. Yeah,
0: so there's, it's a fantastic bit of technology called Click and Connect, connect Collect uh, that generates um, postage stuff. It sounds really right. tr- boring, but the the app that is running it is absolutely brilliant. Okay, really, really clever. You can like you know you can connect all sorts of different shops to it, uh, online shops, but you can also connect a uh, an Excel spreadsheet in Dropbox, and when it detects it in a folder, it automatically generates the uh, the postage from it. Uh, sometimes <laughs> as with all technology sometimes yes. um, but yeah but it is it's incredibly clever cool. um yeah just means you don't have to then stand in a queue at the post office
1: yeah handy
0: although i went to the post office uh this week and uh the whole system around the country was
1: down was it yeah for a whole morning oh.
0: mm. um, um yeah so way, that's thank
1: that. you for my uh, thank you for my parcel oh you got it I did, I got it today, so thank you. I haven't had a proper look yet, but uh, thank you for sending that over
0: to me. Uh, I've got, what have I got? Loads of Post-it notes. I'm planning a, I'm, I've got a new job, uh, which is a biggie, and um, mm. it's a website. And I'm working with a content uh, cr- creator, uh, a copywriter, in, in yep. all other words. And we are doing, po- we're going Post-it crazy. What color? Uh, I, I bought a rainbow pack. Okay. Sounds like condoms, don't they? But this is a, well, they say it's a, it's a bit disappointing, a rainbow pack. It's it's pink, yellow, orange, and then it and just green. repeats itself. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's not rainbow, is it? No. A five quid. That's a lot of money, isn't it? For a it is, today. isn't it? <clears throat> so, yeah. So, we're uh, we're building sort of data schemes tomorrow. That would be funny. Cool. I like doing that kind of thing. So, yeah. So, I'm working on that for the next, uh, our deadline is uh, mid-May. I've never okay, had such tight. Months. Yeah, I've never had such a tight deadline. Normally, they say that and then it goes on for months. But this is uh, there's a book launch at the end of it,
1: um, so uh, something needs to be there. Yeah, it's terrifying. <clears throat> Have they already provided all the content to be wrangled by your content wrangler? Um, they're working on it. Okay, because that's. Yeah. You know, that's the thing that'll slow it down, isn't it? They,
0: yeah, these uh, these lot are um journalists. So it's what content do. shouldn't be an issue. No, it isn't. It's imagery that's an issue. But mm-hmm. um yeah. It's managing expectations that's an issue. <laughs> as it as it always is, isn't it? That's all yeah. I do, manage yeah. expectations. <laughs> um yeah, so there's a mess everywhere. Uh, what else is there on there? Um I oh, in terms of reading, I've been reading the Phoenix Caster books, which Yes. Have you read those? Yeah, I think I recommended them, didn't I? I've never heard of them, and I, if you have recommended them, I wasn't
1: listening to you, and I apologize. Yeah, I think I did. I think you were telling me about some urban uh, oh, yeah. fantasy, and I and I put you onto the Mike ah. and Felix Oh uh, Maybe
0: it was you. And uh, really, really enjoying them. They're um, great, aren't they? Start off a bit shaky. Uh, he's a bit of an idiot, the main character, but yeah. he he kind of grows on you. Um, he does. not and yeah thoroughly recommend it they're out of print actually and you can oh, yeah. only you can only get them on kindle and, oh, okay. and they're fantastically expensive but i enjoyed them so much that well when i say they're fantastically expensive they're five pounds but um yeah. that is expensive for
1: a a digital download yeah i started i, I <clears> bought them all and read them all and i started reading them and thought this is brilliant and i kind of assumed that he'd written you know dozens it kind of felt like it was one of those series that would go on and on and uh I don't know. I don't know if he's written any more, but I'm, I'm up to date with. More. Well, they're
0: they're republishing been for a couple of years. So. I think they're republishing them, so that means that uh, something's in the coming. offing. Uh, yeah, but he's not quite as prolific as um, Baron Aranovich. No, who's got another one coming out in November? Has he? He's churning them out.
1: Yeah, I read the Hanging Tree when I was on holiday. Did you enjoy it? Enjoyed that. It's yeah. it's a real return to form, it's isn't it? a Cracker.
0: Yeah, I really. I love, absolutely love Peter Grant the character. I think he's yeah. just a cla- a modern classic of yeah, uh, I, sort of fancy genre.
1: Yeah, I haven't yet uh, delved into the uh, the graphic novels that you lent me.
0: Oh yeah, no, I think you know, they just sort of add. They just add, they yeah. they are they're a
1: seasoning. I am going to have to close my eyes. I think that to the art. I mean, you told me the art, you didn't like the art much. No. And I looked at it and thought, oh, it's not that bad. But I've looked at them again and it really is that bad. <laughs> um, I, I like the little one-off pages, that are
0: sort of the yes. fillers that you get in uh, in little, little magazines. But, um, mm. yeah, I'm not a massive fan um, of the drawings. Uh, and the other thing I've been catching up with, another comic-based thing that I completely missed the first time around is Jessica Jones. Uh, it's just series Two's just come out, and uh, yes. I, I'm watching series one, which I – I just, I'm loving um, what's his face chewing the scenery in it. You've oh, watched um, this?
1: I have. I, I've got, yes, season one. I really thoroughly enjoyed but David Tennant. Yeah, talking is, oh no, about isn't it? Uh, series two, I thought was atrocious. Right, I,
0: um, I, I, I don't like I don't like her very much. And um, and if you've read the book, have you read any of the Jessica Jones comics? A few bits I, and, are, and pieces. Here they're, there. they're really they're. <laughs> I find them really hard work, and and she as a character is really unlikable. That's um,
1: that's the problem,
0: isn't it? Yeah, even in the in this, you know, she's a bit more um, sassy than than the comic. Yeah. I'd say because in the comic she's a lot more sort of downbeat mm. and a bit more sort of scruffy. Um, in this one, she's much more glam and sexy, even though she's trying not to be. But um, yeah. Uh, yeah, she's not a likable character. Uh, I think this, that's, that, that's a part of the appeal, isn't it? It's that sort of anti-hero, superhero. But it, surely,
1: of. even with an anti-hero, there's got to be something that you kind of admire, even if it's like you wish you could be as, you know, disrespectful as them or as cocky as them. Or, I just find her entirely unlikable. Yeah. Um, the best thing about the, her in the comics is that when she gets together with Luke Cage and they yeah. have a baby, that squirrel girl is their nanny. <clears throat> <laughs> plot
0: spoiler oh. <clears throat> uh, yes
1: but yes I, I i really didn't appreciate um series two at all
0: oh and i've been coasting around on my um my new bike i've been out twice on it now. Oh, of course yeah Your new
1: orange bicycle oh so good
0: so nice um i i went for a ride on last week sometime uh took the wrong turning and ended up doing 37 kilometers. <laughs> uh, now I haven't ridden. I think you'd got lost. No, yeah. Oh no, she was out. So it didn't really matter, but I couldn't walk the next day. My bum was hurting so much. I've never ever uh, ridden. Uh, I've done a lot of mountain biking, but I've never yeah. ridden a drop handle you know, okay. race bike. Um, and so I was getting used to it and it was, it, it, yeah, it's really painful.
1: Yeah. Do you know what I find painful is that the because you're the kind of angle you're at, your my neck hurts because I'm kind of looking up at where I'm going. Ah. And it well, now, makes my neck
0: hurt. well no, because modern road bikes have these I don't know I can't remember what they call they're they're called the humps or something. I don't uh, know. they're like the brakes sort of come out with a handle, so you actually sit quite quite upright if you're cruising along. Uh, okay. Anyway, yeah. I
1: really need a penny farthing I think
0: Yeah there was, there was a chap that used to Ride a, a penny farthing I, I, I think he worked at the uh, Polygram building He mm. was uh, a record producer Or something there and he used to live in Kew because I used to meet okay. we, used to, we used to play pool against him and his mate And he's used in to Shored, just... Is there on a penny farthing mm-hmm.
1: Did you just kick him off as it goes Cycles farthing. around with his waxed moustache <laughs> <laughs> I kid you not <laughs>
0: Yeah. I saw him going over Kew Bridge once this chap But this was this was a lot you know, this was when I first moved to London. Pre, so this pre was like hipster. Oh definite pre hipster. Maybe no. he was a time traveller. Maybe. Yeah. Could be around there, couldn't he? Mm. mm. Yeah. Yeah. But they they're terrifying things. You're really they're very high eye, aren't
1: they? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs>
0: <sighs> you yeah, won't get me on one. No. You wouldn't want to be uh buckled in. No.
1: Right. Um, have you got any other um, anything else on your desk? Anything else you want to share? Or are we to news?
0: Oh, I've got. Uh, there's a new artist for Ellie Press. Wow. have uh, I finished negotiations. <laughs> there's no <laughs> negotiations. Uh, I've sent some samples, and um, he uh, is um, uh, sending me some bits and bobs cool uh i really really like his work and, so do i um, he is uh super talented Yep. i'm very good just uh yeah i'm just <laughs> scrolling past all his stuff um he's called guy warley uh, and he's going to be on the site uh, over the weekend so i'll oh, be la- launching that next weekend uh, we're starting with i think three products Um, he's been selling some stuff at the Barbican um, on their art shop, but it's sold out now. So we Did he do some stuff for their sci-fi? Yeah. He he was one of the sort of six of uh, artists that did some work. He's, he's uh, it's, it's reminiscent of 1970s uh, sort of pulp sci-fi novels, but with a sort of, with a hint of, um, of sort of, I'd call it like 90s Amiga games. Uh, you know, like they, 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 he's got his characters are kind of polygon style, um, he's and he's just got a beautiful, he's got he draws trees beautifully, I think. Um, yeah, really can't wait to get them on. Yeah, and uh, yeah, so very excited by that. He's a a proper professional artist, like you. Like I've got I've got three proper proper dudes on there now, and I just need to start uh, ramping it up and getting more. But you know, I'm so. I'm booked up now till August, Rob. Yeah, with work. That's mm. insane, isn't it?
1: It is. It just kind of uh, it
0: grabs you when you're not looking, doesn't it? I can't. I can't control it at the moment. It's giving me the heebie-jeebies. <laughs> <laughs> but we're we'll talking about that in uh, in in a later episode. Uh, news-wise, what are you up? What's been going on? There's a, there's going to be a lot of news, isn't there?
1: Is, is, <clears throat> is it a couple of months since we? Uh, it, it must be, but actually I didn't, while I was away, I didn't uh, add anything to my uh, link-saving uh, shenanigans. So I haven't really got any news um, at all. Okay. Well, I've got... <laughs> no, I've got well, the, the first thing I noticed was that um, Creative Review has, has gone behind a paywall. Oh, God. And it's expensive. Yeah. I think it's uh 125 quid a year for digital access which seems quite a lot when a good proportion of each issue is dated because it's news and it's kind of specific to a time you know it might be of interest in a kind of archaeological kind of way but i don't know it's it seems like a lot of money really for a digital subscription to a magazine.
0: I think they, yeah, they're trying to, um, to sort of break the ice with, uh, they've released all of their original archives. I think they look, did they launch in 1980 or 81, something like that. Um, they're they're re-releasing that back issue. Uh, and I think that's, that's a taster. And also they're giving a deal to existing print subscribers. Mm. The problem is creative review. (laughs) I cannot log in to your system. Even though I'm a paying member, See, uh, I'm still waiting for their support to get back to me, and they I'm, are
1: hopeless. I'm having the same issue with Wired.com. Yeah, you're saying, in condo, in but are you list. paying for that? Yes. Oh well, sorry. Although it's cheap,
0: so no. So I'm not going to renew my subscription with Creative View. I I've got loads and loads of plastic wrapped, very nice looking uh, magazines that I just do not get time to read. I'm afraid. Yeah life is too busy mm. um, and that's at the bottom of my pile and uh, you know yeah the more wall garden they put around their content the more the less I'm going to read of it which is a real shame
1: yeah absolutely I mean I can't say that I'm going to feel particularly affected by it because I haven't bought a copy for a good couple of years and haven't read it regularly since I worked with you I don't think yeah mm. yeah so, yeah. so uh, what news have you got Jonathan
0: <clears throat> uh, a couple of font things uh, there's a uh, a new site called fontface dojo which is a kind of um it's kind of a library or bookmarking app for fonts so you, if you're on a on a website that you really like the look of then more and more today uh, websites i guess are not using um google or typekit you know off the shelf kind of freebies but they're they're starting to use indie um producers and yep. uh and you know real high quality uh digital typefaces and with this tool you can sort of you can build a library of sites that you really like the fonts on and it will okay. um it will save them for you it's quite cool uh i can't get it to work on skype uh, uh, on their website um, on ios is, is beautifully slick yeah it doesn't it do, is just not working on um, uh-huh. on the ipad at all not loading. Yeah, it
1: looks like the sort of thing that would struggle on mobile. It's <laughs> yeah. peacefully sort of bouncy and swooshy. and
0: I think, yeah. you know, um typefaces can often be a little bit uh, academic, can't they? In terms mm. of like the, you know, uh sometimes I'd say 90% of designers or art workers use um preset typefaces that are either set by the um by the brand or the kind of things that they've learned or whatever but they're not really going out there and uh, and um, commissioning type uh, foundries to make special types for them yeah. you know the budget's just not in that kind of work so they do tend to live in these realms of uh, a little a little bit cloud- cloudy um, mm-hmm. there's a uh, an app by IDEO who are the sort of product designers in um, and they've called it fontmap.ido.com and it's trying to machine learn typefaces and uh, it's making a map out of if you can imagine uh, the same word just sort of spread all over a, a white piece of paper but that word is set in different typefaces and they're they're kind of adjacent to each other because they may have similarities in the typeface okay. Right. Uh, so, uh, and, and that's what this kind of little app does, but that this in, entirely encapsulates that kind of that uh, highfalutin learning that does not, yeah, for anybody, it doesn't even look that pretty, it's but it's strange, it, isn't it? Yeah, because it's only using free free typefaces, so yeah. they, there's it no real interesting, yeah. yeah. Uh, if there was like you know, I don't know, Bookman and Garamond and all the you know, all the classics in there then it would be really interesting and mm. if they would join and you could change the way that the relationship worked between the fonts instead of just visual similarities it was historical time-based or uh, print-based or whatever it had appeared in then it would be a lot more interesting wouldn't it yeah, yeah
1: absolutely hmm.
0: uh, uh, my next one going on from there I'm, I'm going to do an in and an out uh, okay so in since you've been away bunkers obviously not golf bunkers but uh, protective bunkers from missile attacks right I just okay, say inv- yes. invest in any of that kind of technology okay uh, and uh, also BioLego did we talk about this before
1: no but I I've I read that and didn't realise it was BioLego I was trying to read it in an Italian accent I know BioLegio BioLegio <laughs> what's BioLego uh,
0: they're making a plant based uh mm. Brick. Um, which, we have
1: mentioned that, I think.
0: Yeah, then I'll shut up.
1: Is that uh, is that out in the, does it only come in green?
0: Yeah, it's only, it's, it's going to be tree shapes, which I think is quite sweet. Trees and leaves.
1: Okay, yeah, cool. There's a start, I guess.
0: Uh, out are Stephen Hawking, which I'm sure you've got something to say about. Bless him. That'll do. The Enemy. Yeah. Uh, it's gone. Um, and Facebook. It's have not good. sadly, it's not gone, uh, but uh, it has for me. I deleted. Have you it. deleted
1: it. Did I you have? delete all your data first?
0: No, because I don't oh. really have any data on it. Oh, your you, your data can still be mined, John. Can it? Yeah. Cool. How much, what what would
1: they find in it? No, I think you're probably worth about thirty cents. <laughs> um, I don't know. Um, I've deleted it off my phone. Right. Uh, so it's not there to distract me with. Banal stuff, um, but I've kept it simply because I've got a Facebook page for this Northern Boy, which yeah, you know, it's kind of useful. I thought about it. Uh, I've never had any business
0: from it. Um, I don't think Ellie Press has any engagement really with that. No. With that, uh, the the big problem that I've come across is that I do use Instagram, and I can no longer advertise because oh, you've got to have a Facebook account, which is ridiculous.
1: Yeah, um, I think it will surprise me if, particularly in Europe, uh, the regulators force Facebook to spin off Instagram again. Yeah, um, because in the the testimony at, uh, in Congress, Zuckerberg was asked, you know, who are um, are you a monopoly? Who are Facebook's competitors? And he didn't name anyone, anyone by sort of name, but he said, you know, there are you know, everyone uses sort of seven or eight sort of messaging or social media apps. You think, well, two of those are going to be Facebook Messenger and Instagram, and you own those as well. so. And WhatsApp. And WhatsApp as well, yeah, of course. So, yeah, um, yeah it wouldn't surprise me if the regulators crack down and force him to demon- mon- monopolize. Mm. Yeah. Uh, my next – bit of news. It's not a bit of news, really. It was a, a little Twitter thread that went viral this week, and I thought it was very charming. Uh, so I'm going to read some of it to you. Uh, it's by uh, Georgia, or Saoirse. Uh So there was a mystery at the library today. A wee old woman came in and said, I've got a question. Why does page seven in all the books I take out have the seven underlined in pen? It seems odd. What? I say, thinking she might be a bit off a rocker. She showed me, and they did. I uh, asked if she was doing it. She said she wasn't and showed me the new book she was getting out that she hadn't even had yet. It also had The Seven Underlined. I don't know, maybe someone really likes page seven, I said, assuming, of course, that there was a serial killer in the library. Uh, I checked other books. Most didn't have it, but a lot in the genre did. We old women books. Uh My manager came back from doing arts and crafts with some of the kids, and I decided to tell her about the serial killer in the library. And that's how I found out a lot of our elderly clientele have secret codes to mark which books they've read before, which I'd never heard of. Did you know this? No, it's lovely. So computers do it automatically, but many have been doing it since before the library system was um, put on computer. So one person might underline page seven, while someone else might draw a little star on the last page, and someone else might put an F on there title page and then when they pick up a book they can check if they've read it before and I just thought that was wonderful and this woman goes on to say uh, uh, what did she say uh, she, she's, uh, she wants to now go underline page 7 on all the new books that come in just to confuse people which I well, thought was a little-
0: are these these are the old people that complain about vandals and people putting graffiti <laughs> yeah, over. Exactly. <laughs> no, um, I, I love that. I love, you know, a coffee table book about that would be great, wouldn't it? Yeah,
1: absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Little vandals. Yes. I know. are not they just? Uh, my next bit of news: uh, the city in the city has begun on yes. BBC Two. Did you yeah. watch it? I did. What did you think?
0: Uh, yes. Uh, mm-hmm. I um, the there is hmm, what did I think it's a it's almost impossible to film mm. and I think they are struggling with dialogue because they've made this really strange decision and I don't think it's in the book but I might be wrong that the uh, one of the cities that's overlaid so basically the premise of the story is two cities Exactly on top of each other, shifted by some weird uh, collapse in time. But they know each other, but they're they're not allowed to see each other or acknowledge each other. And if they do, then this kind of internal police force called Breach comes and gets them. And it's a murder kind of uh, detective story set across the two cities. Is that fair enough? Yeah, pressy. So, um, but the problem is that they've said that the um, that all of the actors are playing it with generic British accents. Uh, and they're right. they but they're have you watched any yet? No. All right. I've so they really. so you've got a Cockney and then you've got a Northerner and and they, but they sing that they're actually they because they were uh, colonised by the Brits in whenever year dot that 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 they, right. they 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 use English as their second language, which is kind of just not what the novel's all about. Um, yeah. Just make them all colonies or all from one particular region. But if you're in one city, you would not have, <laughs> like, uh, you know, regional accents. I don't think. Um, no.
1: Of locals. It's strange, isn't it? When when that sort of thing is so overt. Yeah. Um, I recently watched the Death of Stalin. Have you seen that? No, but that that does the same thing, doesn't it? It does. Well, everyone keep everyone has very regional British accents in that, um, even though ninety nine percent of the characters are Russian it's very strange and you, and again you've got cockneys and, and yeah maybe i'm and maybe
0: and i'm missing American. a new a new trope in things I don't
1: know. Um, <laughs> uh, but I thought the trailer looked horrifically dull
0: the um I thought the tra the tra- when I first saw the trailer, I thought that looks great, and then I saw another one which was about the sort of an introduction to uh, a tourist sort of mm. you know coming to the city and it was so badly done it was like sub doctor who you know um yeah. torch wood or whatever that thing was called that's uh, that's
1: what i thought i thought it looked cheap
0: yeah um the yeah i enjoyed it i did enjoy the first episode and um, the yeah. all three are out already um but they've they've really changed the story in terms in, in terms of the chopping up of the timeline um but it doesn't capture that kind of that uh grainy, gritty kind of yeah um Philip K. Dick kind of world that you mm-hmm. that you you kind of believe in City in the City. Um it it doesn't feel China meevil meeville. Yeah. Um it feels mm. BBC, but uh well, definitely worth it. I will
1: a watch. watch it um see how I get on. No. I'll report back.
0: Uh I, any other, oh, talking of weird things, um, Fighting Fantasy is back. The, oh, uh, right. Warlock, the Warlock of Firetop Mountain, they they had one uh, uh, 30th anniversary book out last year that I've still got in the Amazon <laughs> box that I haven't oh, taken I out yet. Um, but Charlie Hickson has written one. Oh. Him of Far Show. Yeah. Uh, and The Hicksons, the indie band from the 80s. Yeah. Uh, He uh, and he talks in an interview in The Guardian, if you look it up, Um, if you go to their book section, it's there. Um, He talks about how unprepared he was for the complexity of writing a fighting (laughs) fantasy book and how complicated it was Um, while uh, Ian Livingston sits beside him in the interview laughing at him, basically. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. So Charlie Hickson, uh, I think he's written um, a new sort of of kids bond stuff, hasn't he?
1: Uh, he's, yeah, written a lot Is he the of young Bond. 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 Young yeah. Bond. Uh, I think. I think he has written some young Bond stuff. Um, and also a, a series of things about zombies, I think. Ah. Zombies and monsters, I think. Oh, Is that what's really not great? to lie.
0: So if you're yeah. into your fighting fantasy and also strange comedy, then, uh, then
1: those are your books? Just looking at those old covers on that Guardian article really takes me back. <laughs> yeah, I love them. Incredible. Yeah. Uh any other news?
0: Uh Jeremy Deller. We it sh- yes. Should have talked about this with the Facebook. He's been posting posters around uh Liverpool Street Station, I think. Um uh telling people how to delete their Facebook accounts. Uh-huh. Have you seen that? It's I on th- uh. there's this um there's a website called rru Um and it's a kind of uh it's a it's calling itself a Uh, a rapid response units um, like art news page. Um, It's it's a unique year-long cultural experiment designed to interpret, create, and challenge how we receive news. Um, He
1: does some interesting stuff, doesn't
0: he? Yeah. I don't know. I think they may have commissioned this chap. The problem is for a news um, website, uh, you can't really get away with using a sort of default WordPress template and sticking some content in it. You've got to make it engaging. I guess that yeah. they're posting all of their news on um, social on media. social media because there's no actual real updates on it.
1: I noticed um, they've got a Facebook page,
0: right? <laughs> which uh, yeah, it's confusing. Yeah. Oh yeah, the other thing, uh, Rob. Uh, Hellboy. There's a he- oh, there's a there's yes. a Hellboy uh, desktop game coming out. Yeah, I follow
1: uh, these people on Instagram.
0: Yeah, Mantic—they um, make some cool kind of games. Um, uh, some of their some of their games have got questionable games mechanics, I'd say. But um, okay. yeah, interesting that they. Well, they're they're not renowned for their brilliant um, figures, so we'll
1: have to see. Well, you can have a look if you look on Mantic Games on Instagram. They've posted uh, their Hellboy figure. Oh, have they today? Oh, oh right, and um, I think it looks brilliant. Well, there we go. That shut me up, didn't it? Yeah, Mantic Games on Instagram. And their last post is uh, is the Hellboy figure from their new game. Um, it looks great.
0: Oh, They've yeah. No, Kratos,
1: they, they look uh, brilliant. As well. They do, don't they? Yeah. Should we talk about our topic? Yeah, what you've got to talk about. So um, uh, how do you make money as an artist? We've kind of touched on this many times. Um there are two or three people who follow me who keep telling me to get a Patreon page. So Patreon is a funding website for creators of, of kind of any kind. Um, and people could say, you should have a Patreon page. And, you know, I'd sign up for it. And, I, and I've kind of ummed and and anyway. And then there's another thing called Ko-Fi or coffee. K-O-F-I, coffee.
0: I just got in, it.
1: It's coffee. coffee. Yeah. Mm. Uh, and it's a way for your fans to uh, essentially tip you for the work you do if, as a way to say thanks for the work that you produce. And, of course, there's also Kickstarter, which I typically is for funding bigger projects. Um, so really, I just thought we could have a, a talk about the pros and cons of uh, of how how to generate... Income through these platforms as a creator, particularly an artist. Um, yeah. Um, whether whether or not really it's it's a it's a viable option, or whether it's a sensible option, or whether you should just concentrate on, you know, producing work.
0: Are you? Uh, do you know of anybody who's making any money from these schemes? If we're just talking about just literally the um the the tip jar is, is what it is Well, really,
1: not I don't know about coffee. It's reasonably new, and there's kind of no way to track it. You know, if, I think you can look on on the homepage and say whoever has got has been bought so many coffees. But um, I don't really know. I've been bought eleven coffees. Um, but uh, Patreon, I had a quick look on. Uh, Kind of a stats page for Patreon, uh, and there's a list of the top earning drawing and painting creators on Patreon, and there are people making nearly eight thousand dollars a month, right, on Patreon. Okay, which obviously must be a full time job for them. Yeah, so it's it's. Uh, I mean, that's a living, isn't it? That is. How yeah, many of those are, you know, what's the percentage
0: of those people? Wow. Very little. I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, what when we say what's the percentage of illustrators earning that much a month? Yeah. Is it the same as, oh, I've got a little visitor. Have oh, you? Yeah. With a pie. Do you want to say hello? Hello. Hello there.
1: What have you got to say? Hello, Kitty. Hello. Hello, how are you? Good. Oh, it's yeah. nice to talk to you. Yes. Have you just brought your dad a pie? Yes. Does it does it look like a nice pie tonight? Mm. Do you like pies? Yes. Glad to hear it. Mm. Tell
0: Rob what you got today.
1: Sea Patrol rubble. You you got a what? Sea Patrol rubble. Rubble. Sea Patrol one.
0: Oh, Sea Patrol. You have to tell him what rubble is. He doesn't know what rubble is. No, I don't know.
1: He's a... You see, Michelle. Oh. <laughs> right, come on.
0: Okay, off you go okay. to bed. Say goodnight to Rob.
1: Goodnight, Rob.
0: Night, Kitty. Well, that was adorable. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: she's very cute. Yeah, she's the apple of my pie. Good. Yes, so, uh, who's making money out of these things? Um, my guess is that most of the people who make a lot of money, particularly out of coffee and Patreon are probably people who don't need to be making money out of it. Yeah. So they're, they're the people who are established artists with a big following who are probably selling lots of prints and uh, comics. Uh, you know, they're probably professional, a lot of them will be professional illustrators who are, you know, doing book covers or kids' books or whatever. And um, yeah, so they're probably the people who least need that extra income. I mean I'm not begrudging it. You know, obviously everyone needs to be making as much money out of their art as possible. But um there is this feeling that it's you know, unless you're kind of at that level, these things are almost impossible to generate any uh substantial income from. Um so then so then that leads on to are they
0: then just a waste of time?
1: Well, I guess it works. It's how you use them, isn't it? I've got a feeling that if you're innovative in how you use these things, then you can probably do quite well. Um, Coffee is, is I think, the weird one because it essentially is just a tip jar. You know, you're not – there's no onus on you to create any content for the people who tip you through coffee. Um, There is, you know, you can post images and you can post uh, kind of updates on your homepage, but no one really is, I don't think, is going to be looking at that. Um, Patreon is, I think the, the people who do best out of Patreon are the people who produce bespoke content for their Patreon supporters. A lot of people will just say, you know, support me for however much and you get access to content before I post it anywhere else. Um, and then there are people who post content that is only available to their Patreon supporters. You now, whether that's like a webcomic or uh, high res illustrations that people can download or screen savers or desktop wallpapers uh, or access to prints at a discount, um, the thing with that is it's bespoke content. So it becomes a job or a project, doesn't it? And then you have to justify the time you spend on it with the returns that you that it brings in. Yeah, so that's that's a, a balance. I think you know, you need a a clever idea. Um to make it work and then you just really have to balance how much how much time you can spend on it for how much income so you know say if you were going to do you know a couple of blog posts a week and you know maybe one or two illustrations every week just for patreon that's probably a day's work and then how much do you need to be earning per month to justify four days work a month you know you want to be earning a grand don't you
0: yeah,
1: are you going to earn a grand a month? No. Well, not unless you've got three or four or five hundred um, followers on Patreon. Um, you see, I, so, I, I'm against. You know, I'd say I'm
0: kind of against it. If you're a you know a struggling artist, or when I say struggling, I I mean as in you're trying to establish yourself. Mm. Um, I can't see any evidence of it getting new followers or expanding your audience, I think that you would already have to have that before Absolutely. you went there. Because it's, it's not like you go – yeah, you don't go on to Patreon and find new things you'd like to look at, do you?
1: No, and apparently it's, it's pretty poor for discovering new, yeah. new people as well. From yeah. people who use it have said that. But, yeah, it, it, it's because it's behind a paywall, it's uh, essentially impossible for you to be discovered or – rather for you to kind of build your following elsewhere without, you know, advertising the hell out of it on social media.
0: So is it this kind of false utopia where, you know, it it generates uh, an amazing amount of income for – I'm only talking about the arts here and not talking about all the other things that it generates, but Mm. the the general figures that it brings in are – Uh, could we say that they're the people who are already earning on loads of other platforms because they're so well known and they can just regurgitate a load of their work quite easily. Um, And everybody else is going to be thinking that they're going to (laughs) win. It's like the lottery, isn't it? Um, But they're, but they're not. And if you are a serious, you seriously want to make a living uh, being an illustrator or an artist, then I think there are better ways you can spend your time. Um I feel I I think so anyway. I think it's an easy way to waste your time and to say you're spending a lot of time investing in it when actually you're probably just shying away from doing commercial work. Which
1: yeah, I think you're right, but I also think uh I'll play devil's advocate. Yeah. I think for a lot of people either because of the quality of their work or the style or genre of their work they're never going to have a commercial career but they could probably have a reasonable income from targeting a very genre specific audience because you know I think commercial opportunities for a lot of genre illustration are limited but their fans are out there so you know, if you're not going to be doing editorial stuff or you're not going to be doing book covers or kids' books or a comic, but there's people out there who love the drawings that you do of unicorns and rainbows, you know, there is a way to chase that uh, audience, I think, and for it to bring you some income.
0: Yeah, I totally agree with you. Um, I'm just coming at it from uh, making a living for you or your family and coming at it from a very commercial point of view Mm. so yeah i think if it if it is a genre sort of niche thing then um then you know fill your boots but i think it's an easy it's kind of a gold rush uh you know follow the crowd kind of thing yeah um i kofi coffee coffee, whatever it Mm. is um i think that i can't see it lasting because i just think that um who wants to give you money for nothing?
1: It's strange, isn't it?
0: Yeah. It was I mean, r- I, and it's I, so anti-British.
1: <laughs> yeah. I Kind of sensibility. Kind of curious. Um, well, you have to
0: sign up for it because I tipped yeah. uh, uh, Mr. DBG um, yes. for his newsletter, which uh, yeah. is back on on the scene again. Um, and uh, I had to join. I couldn't. Yeah. Tip, I, even though it's paypal based i had to yeah. register which is kind yeah. of crazy um so anyway yeah i i I just can't see any benefit to that whatsoever well, no
1: it's, it is a weird one
0: yeah i mean you'd just use patreon wouldn't you or just yes. say donate to my paypal account because it's exactly the same thing
1: yeah absolutely i mean you, you do see quite a few blogs don't you with uh you know it, putting
0: on them yeah that was always a traditional way to do it wasn't it like, yeah, I, I, guess
1: think that- co- I guess coffee just kind of puts a a, a different slant on that i guess if, if and if that's what you use it for if you stick it on your blog and it's or you know where you're kind of regularly creating content whether it's a newsletter or a blog or whatever then i guess it it just puts a a, a little twist on yeah, I just yeah,
0: it. I to, yeah, but it's got to be uh, you know, a micro payment has got to be completely transparent and easy yeah. to do. It's just got to be a click or an apple pay or whatever. But yes. this this just isn't it. Um but you know, what whatever fill their boots. Um mm. the crowdsourcing side of things is a lot for me, you know, commercially is a lot more interesting. Uh, yes. I think I think you can see with um Alistair Wood did uh, the artist he did some um and badges. I think he did yep. Bowie he's, and some horror ones as well. Yeah, and he funded yes. that through Kickstarter, um, and that is just a brilliant use of the power of crowdsourcing because it is it's what, a brilliant way to
1: gauge interest, isn't it? Yeah, start.
0: Yeah, it's it's quite a good. It's, it's a real, you know, for all the the downsides of, of Kickstarter, you know, the amount you have to pay them mm. being the main one. Uh, it's a brilliantly curated uh, website. Um, yep. And, you you know, if you are a member of it, you will find things that you're interested in. Uh, they're normally some kind of coffee roaster with neon lights on it or uh, <laughs> some, some kind of flying drone that, um, you know, looks after a dog in the day. But, um, you know, it, it, the the ones that, yeah, I think where it's really, really powerful is for those kind of uh, those art projects or book generate, you know, generating money to, to make books. Um, I think is it's a fantastic way to go for small producers because it takes away that massive amount of money you have to outlay for doing print-based work. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I I really would, you know, if you are an, an artist who's interested in generating money other than the traditional way of getting some gigs and doing, you know, some commercial drawings, then I think Kickstarter, Indiegogo... Those are the ways, really, Mm. I think, that you're going to make decent money if you've got a great idea. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. What do you think?
1: No, I agree. I think, you know, like I said, I think if your interests are niche or very genre-specific, then I think Patreon's absolutely got a role to play Um, if you're not going to be getting commercial work. Yeah. and I guess also for for certain things, picturing probably work quite well for you know web comics or kind of sequential stuff. You know, anything that you can produce on a regular basis that people are going to sign up for, and you're going to give them you know content specifically for that donation. I think that kind of works. <clears throat> but it's just a it's just a huge balance of. I think most people will vastly underestimate how much time they spend producing the content yep. for the return they get. Yep. Um, one thing, I was talking to Graham um, Reed, who's uh, a watercolor, well, he's a painter, an illustrator. Um, he's worked on comics, 2000 AD, uh, and now he is a commercial illustrator, and he has a Patreon and page. And I was talking to him about it, um, and he says he's – He's not given up on it as a way to generate income. It doesn't bring him a massive amount, but it's it's quite a nice little tight community. So he doesn't have masses of patrons, but the ones that are there, a good number of them are quite uh keen on kind of interacting. So he puts a he puts a blog post up several times a a week um, with kind of work in progress and stuff. And he gets quite a lot of engagement from, the, from his patrons. And I think he thinks that that's a good way of building a community. So those people, while they're not bringing in money directly through Patreon, they're more likely to buy his work. So it's a way of kind of encouraging the fans that he does have to, to uh, support him in other ways.
0: But having worked in a record shop, those are the kind of people that just never buy anything. <laughs> Who <laughs> hang around in the new not, you know just going have you, you got this on uh, have you got this on 10 inch uh, you know I've, I've got the 12 inch and the 7 inch but 10 inches were one I really want uh, no they've never pressed that one. one oh I think you're fine they did they did they definitely did um, I'll, I'll just stand here for a while so um, that's the kind of uh, <laughs> yeah I mean there's, there's engaging with your audience and then there's you know <laughs> letting them in your front door <laughs> i'd feel very uncomfortable with that but then i'm i'm weird so uh, uh yeah tricky so what about you how do you what are you, are you going to do
1: then what what is it you're going to do none of them none of them i don't think so um like i said you know i kind of got intrigued by it um almost as like a little thought experiment trying to work out how i would if i was going to do anything what i would do and how i would go about it but I can't see the payoff working for me. Um, Kickstarter maybe um, at some point, but definitely not. A yeah, coffee I'll give up on and Patreon. I you just know, don't think I, it's for me. No,
0: because you know you're going to generate your your you're going to dra- generate more money by printed work getting exactly. to getting to mainstream audiences. Yeah, and, it, and if that you know you get one thing picked up and that sells a bundle, then that's going to make you ten times more money than exactly. spending three years on on a on a, a
1: crowdsourcing or yeah. a, a tip jar kind of. App. Yeah, I think, I think Graham actually thought I would probably do quite well out of it. Certainly initially, because I've got quite a good following on social media. You know, if you can persuade, yeah, I, I think you would. You know, and, half a percent of them to to sign up um for patreon um, I, I think yeah. you would but you're, you've got to see it as you know
0: if you, your commissions uh you love doing um mm. but if you then multiplied the amount of commissions that you had by even just three times and you thought about how much free time you would then have to do things that would make you more money yeah it, it's a sponge isn't it it is absolutely that, and uh, and it you you've only got you know your your finite resources time you it know is. you can't you can't play around with that you can't get it back so um you've got to be really careful as to where you position that kind of thing and everyone's going through that problem aren't they um it's just how much you dial it back uh, you know in terms of like how much time you spend engaging in an audience and doing the work which one is more important
1: yeah as Anthony burrell says do good work and be nice to people yeah he's just had a, a big way.
0: big exhibition with yes. um,
1: jealous galleries is it yeah 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 yes. glad uh, do you have are we all done with with uh, with funding
0: oh yeah i'm done
1: <laughs> have you got a website of the week
0: uh i have it's um have we talked about this one before arts experiments with a dot with Google dot com forward slash uh, Art Palette. Uh, but it doesn't ring a bell. <laughs> right, so they've got a uh, um, an art that kind of like just an art blog, really, um, a web a whole website. and
1: um, Oh, the Google Arts and Culture thing.
0: Yeah. yeah, but they've created a an app called Art Palette, and it starts with a few famous oh, paintings. And you can click on them and then it, it takes their colorways and finds you loads of other art that match that colorway. Ah. Uh, and it's, uh, yeah, it's a rabbit hole of things to yeah, do. That's quite nice, I thought, I, I thought it was fascinating. Um, what's this new, um, domain with Google.com? Is that something that they're ah. going into publishing with? Um, they cannot make their minds up, can they Google? They, they are literally on the fence with everything.
1: I think they're they're a bit sort of scattergun, aren't they? That's yeah. yeah. kind of what they do. I think it's because you know a lot of these things come out of their kind of Google X projects or whatever it's called. You know where their employees can spend twenty percent of their time working on something else.
0: Yeah, but um, even even the Android uh, Android is going away, isn't it? It's going to become Google again. Oh, is it? They were, yeah, yeah. yeah. So you're not allowed to use the word Android. A drone will strike you. Of course.
1: Yeah. It's the way of the world. Uh, my website of the week is uh, a revisit uh, for one that we featured very early on in North V South. Okay. So it's the perimeter.uk, which is qu- uh, photographer Quentin Lake's walk around the coast of Britain. Oh, yeah. I uh, oh, think yeah. it's going to take him five or six years, and he does it in kind of, you know, week or two week little uh, blasts around the coast. Um, but I thought I'd mention it again because he's just completed the halfway mark. He's walked uh, over 3,200 miles in about two years, I think, or well, 206 days of actual walking It's taken him. Uh, he started in London and he's just reached Glasgow, which is halfway. So it's well worth having a look at theperimeter.uk, um, because he's taking some amazing photographs while he's, He's yeah, he's, he's got this
0: square format kind of thing yeah. going on, hasn't he? If he's, I remember rightly. He has, yeah. It's uh, so yeah. well worth a gander. Yeah, can, yeah brilliant stuff. Pies? To pies. Welcome back to pies.
1: Yeah. right. I'll go first. That okay. The most disappointing looking pie. I just sent you a picture of it. Yeah, yours it's, looks like a football pie. Yeah, it's a chicken and mushroom pie from Sainsbury's um, in kind of one of those semi-rectangular things in a little tin tray. And it's very sad and deflated already. Um, It looked better before it was cooked, to be honest. Um, And it looks pretty much like chicken soup on the inside. The pastry's reasonably crisp. Bear with me. Do you know what? That's tasty enough. pastry's quite crisp. It's a really nice... It tastes like chicken and mushroom soup. But, you know, that's all right. I get it. That's fine. I guess, you know, six and a half, quite happily polish it off.
0: I've got a Sainsbury's Taste the Difference. um, uh, Beef bourguignon, they call it. Mm -hmm. I'd I'd say beef bourguignon, but is that... uh, Well, you know, if you're going to use the French bourguignon, then you might as well use the first one. Um, It's got a sort of weird... It's it's a round pie. It's looking Mm -hmm. very nice, uh, very golden on top. Um, And it's got... Like a a line of sprinkled fennel on fennel seeds on the uh-huh. top. Bit I think weird. I might have had this one. Not one you would normally put in a in a in a beef pie, is it? No fennel. fennel? No, that's porky kind of flavour, isn't it? So yeah. I'm going in, big puff pastry top. Um, very oniony. Oh, heavy on the old dried herbs. Yeah. Hmm. Mm. really rather nice yeah mm. that's good yeah I'd say now I'm going to give that mm, that's a really good pie eight oh blimey yeah. that's a beef bourguignon taste the difference plus it was a, it, I bought it a month ago and it was on second second hand one
1: wow second hand well you know it was reduced price okay <laughs> do i know you know times are tough john but don't start eating secondhand pies <laughs> <laughs> uh well that's not a bad note to end on is it a couple of good pies well, we haven't got a lot of the rings segment tonight because i' we up to what no you've, you've done all your reading in vain um so we'll have to catch up with that i'll put my uh,
0: withy windle away then oh, yeah you do that
1: <laughs> um right so Uh, next week's episode we don't know what it's about yet but we'll have a think and we'll let you know on Twitter Um, so follow us on Twitter or Facebook um, get in touch let us know what you uh, what you think of the show and if there's anything you want to hear from us for series three Um, and in the meantime
0: we'll go finish our pies. and and also you know if you want to give us uh, any money um, you'll find us on no you won't <laughs> uh, no, we don't. We don't need your money. No. Um, uh, yeah. So, welcome back, and uh, thanks for listening. If you're listening, and uh, hello Guam. <laughs> yeah,
1: absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> All, jump. All right, to you, Take care. ciao.